Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Psst. Hey. You're not supposed to be getting this, but it's like free HBO week on Daily Tech News Show. So we're giving everybody all of our special bonus coverage, no matter whether you're a patron or not. It doesn't matter what level you're on. So when I thank the co-executive producers and up later, just know that, you know, we snuck this to you just so you could hear this is what people get every month at those levels. Enjoy. Welcome to uh, the Monthly Rewind Show, where we look at old Daily Tech News show rundowns from the past five years ago and talk about some of the stories we thought were important back then and whether we still think they're important today. Uh, We are looking at 2017 because we're in a new year. Uh, Joining me, of course, is Sarah Lane. Hello. Roger Chang. Greetings. And Scott Johnson. Hello. Uh, Sarah, we were talking before we started, like 2017 feels more recent than 2016 did somehow. It's weird. Yeah, I was looking through some stories like, oh, yeah, I, this is this feels recent. Even uh, though we even consistently though... always do five years ago. <laughs> right. There's got to be a reason for that, right? Like our sensibility of time. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it's us. I think it's just that te- are we hitting like a plateau a little bit? Well, I think sometimes things that are introduced mm. five years ago are a little bit more relevant now. But uh, they were maybe, they were five uh, years ago last year. We've, I know. Are we hit, is, is this a evidence of the slowdown of tech innovation? They're like, eh, not much I, I think I think we I think we moved over uh, a changeover in how tech the technology landscape has the business has shifted over the past there there's also the fact and this doesn't regard the stories but there's also the fact that we our brains still kind of feel like it's 2021 even though it's 2022 but we're looking at a lineup it's 2022 yeah Yeah. that's a really good point and And so we're looking at a lineup that says 2017 that only feels four years ago not five years ago yeah, you yeah. could also argue that 2020 and 2021 were less about innovation and more about adaptation of technology. So it's possible that that's, that's another that, good point. The entire yeah. world paused for two years. <laughs> that could also affect. Yeah, yeah. like things so, still got announced still, and done. Still but somewhat paused. Yeah, there was, a, there was a, a, the, the great pause of 2020 happened. And I don't know. That's probably it. Now that you say it. Techno pause. Well, techno pause. 
Speaking of the uh, stories of uh, January of 2017, of course, it was CES. CES still going strong. Um, So there are some of those stories. But this actually jumped out at me as something that I remember as being fairly recently, even though it was five years ago. A new law went into effect in France, establishing a worker's right to disconnect. Companies with more than 50 employees Mm -hmm. must establish hours when staff could not send or answer email, or at least wouldn't have to be able to. The measure was part of a larger controversial package of labor law changes. I feel like that was just yesterday. Oh, that's funny. This one feels older to me. This feels like, oh, right. I remember they did that a long time ago. Oh, God, I feel like it was like almost still going on, really. I mean, the debate about it is still going on for sure. Yeah. That's that's not new. Um, I've got one from uh, January 24th. Uh, FCC Commissioner Ajit Pai took over. Tom Wheeler stepped down on Friday. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the following Tuesday, uh, Ajit Pai uh, began his, I guess, about five-year reign. Cause didn't, or I guess, no, it's, it's a four-year reign. Yeah, because uh, he, he got replaced uh, just about a year ago as we were recording this. So. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Pi was an honors program trial attorney on the telecommunications task force in the U.S. DOJ's antitrust division from 1998 to 2001, an associate general counsel for Verizon until 2003, when he returned to government working for a U.S. Senate subcommittee on oversight in the courts and for the Department of Justice and FCC. In April 2011, he went to work for a law firm called Jenner and Block and was nominated to the FCC by President Obama that year and was sworn in on May 14th, 2012. So he'd been a commissioner, and he was promoted uh, to be the uh, the chairman uh, of the commission. Interesting. And now he's and not. His, yeah, now his, he's ten, <laughs> his tenure was overshadowed by a large novelty uh, coffee mug. <laughs> oh, oh his Reese's oh, yeah. mug. I forgot yeah. about that. I don't know right. if overshadowed, maybe overstated. No, I, I, maybe that's emblematic <laughs> of his tenure was a, a yeah. very, very about large that. Reese's uh, coffee mug. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, uh, I just completely spaced that. Um, on the, uh, <laughs> let's see, the day here would have been the 14th. And uh, this is interesting because I thought this never came to market. Apparently, it not only came to market, but did really well, or at least is there still. HCC announced its standalone VR headset called the Vive Focus. Uh, for the record, they're already at three, third, third edition of this thing. It runs on Snapdragon 835 processor, uses inside-out position tracking, and six degrees of movement. Uh, let's see. HCC did not announce screen resolution or price at the time, blah, blah, blah. So they did this. Uh, they had a headset called the Daydream, which uh, was going to be uh, the, the big new thing. They canceled that, and then they worked on this. I thought it never happened, but I went and looked up Vibe.com, and sure enough, uh, they got a 5K resolution uh, Vive Focus 3 masterful all-in-one VR for $1,300. Wow. What a yeah. steal. And they claim it's like, uh, let's see, developers.com says Vive Focus 3 is a standalone virtual reality headset for professionals. HTC offers an ecosystem for better integration on the headset within a company. And they all the stuff in here is like focused on, you know, work stuff. This guy's building a motor. So he's got like a fake motor in front of him. This guy's doing healthcare stuff. So clearly this thing's positioned at, at those markets, which are valid, but they're not so worried about games and junk like that. Um, so there you go. Vive 3 or Vive Focus 3, the hot thing you didn't know came out. Uh, well, you know, one of the things I didn't appreciate was back in uh, January, was it, let me see, the 12th, 
the, the Korea the Korea the Korea Herald uh, has sources that say Samsung is working on a foldable phone for a release the Whoa. autumn of 2017. The phone would open up into a seven-inch tablet. What? And the Herald sources says Impossible. It'll to, never to happen. A hundred thousand units in, court, in the third. How would court. that even work? See, what now, would it look like? This is a real good example of something that still feels perfectly new, right? Yes. Like, yeah. That was five years ago that we got That's, the first rumor on that. I I I thought it was like a lot more recent than yeah. that. I mean, it certainly was more recent that they released it, but I didn't realize we were even talking about it that far back. But I will say the past two years have been sort of a stasis point where it's like things that you thought happened long ago or relatively recently happened a lot further because I we I remember going to CES and we did see a foldable product. The following year, not this year, but the following mm-hmm. 2018. Oh, right, right. The, um, oh, gosh, what was the name? Not Royal. Was it Royal? It was a screen I, technology maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there were like, there was literally a huddle, huddle of people around the table, yeah. and I was trying to get my big face in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was normal. And but like, we haven't <laughs> been to CES in two years, and so it's just really weird to me. Yeah, yeah it's pretty odd. Well, back on January 3rd, 2017, Ford announced plans to build a range of electric and hybrid vehicles over the next five years, including a 4,300-mile range electric SUV. 4,300? Good thing we all have that. Yeah, yeah. At the time. It must be 430, not 4,300. I think that's a typo. Well, right, because that would be like that. You know, would literally the span could, of the U.S. You, yeah. yeah, you could drive from Alaska <laughs> to Florida. I mean, <laughs> car companies make crazy promises sometimes, so who knows? But at the time, Ford also said it was working on a hybrid F-150 truck, yeah, that one. including a fully electric version yep. to uh, debut in 2021, along with a uh, hybrid Mustang uh, to debut in 2020, and a fully autonomous electric car to debut in 2021 at, uh, as well. Ford said at the time it planned high-volume production for that autonomous car, and the cars would be built in Flat Rock, Michigan. I was so about to don't give exist. full credit right. of like, hey, man, the F-150 pretty much hit the date. Yeah. Good job. And then they had to go the, and promise a fully autonomous car. <laughs> the, the, the Mustang did, did, was pretty close to that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's fascinating is the, the, the pre-sales. Like, 4,300-mile like, range. Can you imagine? I, I would <laughs> buy I'd buy one. one today. I literally wouldn't have to charge it for like <laughs> half a year. Uh, but yeah, like, Where am that, I going? They, I mean... I, everyone knew it was headed that direction, but that the electric F one fifty was sold out like immediately, like pre orders, just like the uh, Chevy electric Silverado did. It's I mean, just I, a huge. I, I know a lot of folks huge who are, market. Are, are excited for theirs. Yeah, and I don't, the, don't know uh, when they're going to get them. But. This year, the the Silverado, the Chevy one is the is the big shiny one because everybody's like, ah, F one fifty. That's old news. That, that's already sold out. I want yeah. one that I can get. I've got one from January 24th, uh, again, January 24th. Uh, the Amazon-produced Manchester by the Sea became the first movie from a streaming service to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh. Uh, Amazon uh, got six total nominations related to the movie for Oscars. Uh, Netflix, of course, was the first streaming company to receive an Oscar nomination for the documentary The Square, 
in 2014. Oh, not the squid. Oh, so these, so, these days they're just riddled with them. All, that's all it is now. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy uh, how much that's Five years changed. ago, it was like, ooh, a streaming company. I mean, it's a really good movie, and they released it in theaters, but it's made by Amazon. Great. Now I it's mean, like no. Just, it, it, yeah, yeah. All like Roma won Best Picture for Netflix. Like, What's yeah. The Irishman? Was it the other? Or did Irishman win? didn't win, but it got nominated. I think it nominated won some for... Oscars. It didn't win Best Picture, though. But yeah, Manchester. Is that the one with Casey Affleck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Casey yep. Affleck and uh, well, I can't it's remember. A, it's, and Manchester. It, That's it's a dark not, movie. It's not. It's not a real uplifter. No, <laughs> it's not a feel-good movie. Not <laughs> really. No. Way, no. I, I actually kind of forgot about it, but I I remember liking the movie. It's I'm a good movie. Of... Yeah, don't get it. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a like pick me up. <laughs> it's, yeah. But right. now it's almost it's almost unusual to hear if you had an Academy Awards list or even Emmy's list that didn't that wasn't riddled with streaming based films or TV shows. Oh, you, for that TV shows weird. like Golden Globes and Emmys. And oh, yeah, stuff. it'd be crazy. Yeah. It's, it'd be it's insane dominated. not to see that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, now it's like it's yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't even blink. But at the time, it was like, whoa, look at Amazon. That was only yeah. five years ago, too. What are you gonna get an Oscar? <laughs> I mean, they won't win. A streaming yeah. service could win. <laughs> yeah, they can't win. <laughs> uh, back on Come the fourteenth of that month, you guys talked about Star Wars Battlefront Two and the controversy over EA and all of their weird microtransactions in it. And uh, they decided to slash hero costs after the fan backlash. That would actually eventually uh, lean into them not having those charge anything, and you just unlock them. It was a huge PR nightmare, one of the biggest in the industry has ever seen. And um, you know what? My game's pretty good now. You can get it on Game Pass. People play it. There's a ton of people in there. Battlefront 2 actually came into its own, but it will always be remembered as 27's video game nightmare uh, for PR. It was just bad. It's really bad. It was a... It was a uh... Uh, ep- epically bad launch to the yeah game. oh yeah. yeah and the game was i mean there was nothing wrong with the game game it was just so tone deaf as to what players well, wanted in terms of you know what monetization. Was the, what was what was blizzards with diablo the the chest that you could buy items no diablo so you're thinking oh, no, the, diablo 3's uh real life auction house yeah. is what it was. oh that was it yeah and they pulled that for similar reasons that was in 2012 well they didn't pull it fully until 2014 but um but yeah, there's been a couple of these moments, and most of it was based on, like, this was mostly based on the hype brought on by another Blizzard game, Overwatch, which had loot boxes. And so everybody was trying to loot box up their games and get creative with it and make more money with it. And it really started to backfire. And this was kind of the height of that, and it just crashed and burned. Nobody wanted anything to do with it. So it's so actually good now. I mean, I, right now, outside of the mobile market, which is still riddled with horrible micro stuff, um, Mainstream gaming has kind of evened out a bit more mm-hmm. than they used there to. There was a concern that there would be nothing but uh, 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 microtransactions in games that would quote unquote ruin the gaming experience because you're literally tripping over one advertisement over another. And that mm-hmm. is a good cautionary tale, which is one of the reasons I like doing this this like five year look back of like whenever you hear like it will always now be like this and it will ruin X. That's probably not true. Because things always swing back. Evolve. You've ruined technology news. Yep. Yep. Um, on yeah. the 10th, on the, oh, oops, sorry, go ahead. No. Oh, on January, January 10th, Tuesday of 2017, we did a discussion about Zenimax Media uh, uh, go, getting out of it with, uh, versus the Oculus VR trial. 
that started today in, in Dallas. So they had all we had all these notes about it. But what's interesting is I totally forgot this even happened because it was big back then. But what was it? it? You got to tell us what happened. Oh, so it was the. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, it was a. Uh, I was crushing the virtual reality Google, uh, uh, lawsuit, um, where claim there was claims by Zenimax Media that John Carmack and his colleagues uh, that were working at Zenimax cr- uh, created the transformational technology in the Rift prototype by adding hardware. And then took, it. And then yeah, took, then it, took well. it. Oh, and then the stole it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, I do you. remember that. Yeah, I forgot about that. So it's, actually, what is? Oh, now that new. Oh, that's weird now because I don't know what John and that Carmack's just was even sort doing. of that just kind of died, right? Isn't well, Carmack yeah, but still that's what I mean. Meta. I think he might be. <laughs> I'm not sure. Unless Actually, he, now he recently said. stepped down. But I will. I, I will don't double check think that. But, so, but uh, where is Zenimax now? Uh, Zenimax is still. Of, well, that's Microsoft. That's yeah. part of that Bethesda yeah. buyout. Right. Zenimax um, isn't even on its yeah. own anymore. Yeah, uh, he's still working for uh, uh, he's he's a little, you know, in in his advisory role, which is always what he was in uh, for. for Oh, yeah. Yeah. Consulting CTO, consulting chief technology officer. And uh, also he founded his Armadillo Aerospace Company, which doesn't really make money, but it's a thing he likes to do. Uh, Carmack's a really interesting dude. He Um, is. He's kind of like Lord Bishop from uh, Origin. Remember yeah. that guy, oh, Lord Br- uh, British? Yeah, yeah, he did all the uh, Ultimate Games. Yeah, Can but you I, I, if if Microsoft sued Facebook, even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ooh, oh, man. that would be the trial of like, the... How would this have gone down or would it have gone down if Microsoft had already owned ZeniMax? Uh, that's a great th- question. Honestly, I think it would have been just some sort of 
something public, but then they would resolve it behind the scenes. It might not have even made it public, but yeah, it would have been a, a call from from Satya to Mark. Hey, let's mark this out. John, hey, what you doing there, buddy? I'm sure John didn't mean to do anything wrong. That's not how <laughs> Satya Nadella sounds at all. I'm not trying to do an imitation of Satya Nadella. <laughs> well, on January 5th, 2017, and this would have probably been an official announcement later in the month, Vine announced it would shut down oh, oh, on yeah. January 17th. The saddest day yeah. Scott Johnson is... Oh, uh, I know. For the Vine faithful, tough stuff. Uh, At the time, the company said users would no longer be able to retrieve their archives after the 17th. The app would change names to Vine Camera and only be able to send 6.5 second looping video to Twitter or to the phone's camera roll. Which no longer exists. That app is now. Yeah, that didn't work. That didn't last very long. That didn't last at all. Um, I will say this, though. I think it's incredibly short-sighted of them. They, I think at that point, they should have and could have known that video was going to still be tip of the spear business and that they had something with Vine that nothing else had really competed with. And by dropping that, they just left this whole market open to all those other apps and TikTok but, is an I example mean, of one I, I remember they could have done it could have been them but this is this is the whole this is kind of the whole uh, uh argument of hindsight so is 2020 yeah now we can see it but i distinctly remember people were really scratching their head like there's something here but how do we monetize it how do we make it into an actual business yeah, yeah no it's the, not easy the but... counter argument is it was vine a, was vine a, a golden egg that they they smashed or was vine friendster and Twitter uh, had the foresight to say, instead of lose, so we're too early. Instead of uh, instead of losing money, let's just shut it down. I mean, Vine was TikTok. Well, yeah. I know. I, in my analogy here, Vine is Friendster and TikTok is Facebook. And oh, it, I see. And yeah. yes, you could you could argue like, well, Friendster should have become Facebook, but it didn't because it was you know yeah. wrong formula or ahead of its time. But it was super popular. So maybe Twitter was like. Yeah, this might turn into something someday. And it's definitely got something, but not yet. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny and- you say that. It's funny because I think, and I agree with you, but that if we're looking at that chrono- chronology, uh, that would make TikTok MySpace because something, some no, third Snapchat thing is-, is MySpace. Oh, I okay, I like it. That's good. No, there you go. I was trying to find it and I couldn't think yeah. of it. That's exactly although Snapchat it. way more successful than MySpace. Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's, these things are hard to compare. Yeah, but at yeah. The they end never of the day, there, there have to be people who just regret not being there when the time was right. I, I don't know. I know what it, you're saying, though. I, I was just making the counter argument. There was something about Vine that was really successful when they shut it down. Mm-hmm. It, it was still being well, used. Well, and that's people why it upset it. so many people. Yeah, yeah. People were like, "What? What are you doing?" Well, and well, it turns out that the you know the 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 method of you know creating creative stuff is very alive and well and mm-hmm. you know in hindsight i i don't know why twitter shut vine down but the company certainly at the time took some vine execs and said please be part of twitter of which some of them still are and you know in in uh in real executive roles but we don't know what to do with this yeah yeah it's a weird thing i don't know Tw- twitter's not well, i mean what's the other one Periscope twitter has is- also bought a lot of companies yeah. and done nothing with them yeah so. yeah Eventually, something sticks when you throw it against the wall. Because so, right. like two, two like really spaghetti. Two of my favorite accounts I follow on TikTok, by the way, are Vine compilations from old Vines. <laughs> like, ah. 
<laughs> That's how much vine still seeps into it. But we should call it Tarzan, swinging from vine to vine. Uh, I like what you've done there. Um, the thirteenth of January in 2017, Nintendo announced its Switch game console would arrive March third for two ninety nine. For two ninety nine. Right. Two months, two months until we get to actually talk about the launch. Go ahead, sorry. Yep. But uh, <laughs> of, of, this is their marketing or uh, their uh, PR release. Uh, you'll get a console with 32 gigs of memory on board. One bundle includes two gray Joy-Con controllers. The other one comes with a red and blue controller, and that set will be referred to as Neon. You can play the Switch in three different ways. The TV mode, where it's you just sit down on your couch and you play it on your TV. Handheld mode, where you take the, the system out of the, the dock, play as a portable system. And tabletop mode, where players can throw back the tablet's kickstand and rest on the table, detaching the controllers from some solo or even multiplayer action. Uh, as a, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, it just has a 1280 by 720-6-inch screen. I'm going to guess that my analysis was, I don't know, it doesn't sound that different from the Wii U. They're still trying to be too many things at once. I wonder if it'll succeed. I yeah. remember what I said, and I, this is what I said. Back at Revision 3, I told Zach, who was running our, our game game portion of our content, I said, there's going to be a time where Nintendo is just going to take what they've done with the Game Boy, the DS, and eventually the 3DS, and then what they've done on the console side and just marry it together so they'll have one product. So they don't have to they don't have to support two different tracks. They have one product that they can focus all the games. So you'll never have a cut down version of a Super Mario or of a Pokemon. It's trying a, to be too many things at once. It'll never succeed. Uh, I remember many, many, I remember people deal? saying that. I had a really I was super positive on it mainly because it felt like if they didn't make this work they were kind of be done cuz the Wii U was such a tanker and this ended up being such a wild success. Uh I don't think I predicted it. I just think I wanted it to be. And part of that was I don't know. I was intrigued when they first showed, "Hey, this is a modular thing and you can plug it into a dock or take it on your own or take these controllers off and like they really sold me on the use, usability of the thing." Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what they do next. Like, what's their well, follow up? The, it was the GameCube ugh, into the Wii. Great. Into the Wii U ugh, into the switch. Great. They, their strategy seems to be like, just never make another one. Oh, just keep so, making so, switches. so basically yeah. it's like Intel's TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. On their, on like, their let's chip avoid design. the next ugh, and just keep, well, you gotta, switch. you gotta remember though, GameCube, which I actually really like the GameCube. It had its moments, but it had its moments, but, um, but that came out of an era where they were still in this three way fight for domination of, of the actual console market. Mm -hmm. And they were still competing on tech and specs and junk like that. But then that ended and they went, let's do something weird. And I, I think that marks the time where Nintendo went, all right, we're going over here. See you guys later. We don't care what you're doing. And they really I think, don't. Yeah, I, don't I think, think they care. I think that was, I mean, you know, hindsight, of course, it's the right call comparatively. With, but I think letting go of that idea, uh, of that mindset of we are in a three-horse race with the Microsoft, with the Sony at one point, Sega. Um, and then just saying, like, hey, we're going to make a product that people are going to want to buy regardless of, of you know how or or how we define them and you know it's going to work it's going to work great yeah i hope whatever they do next is no what they're going to awesome. have is they're going to have a strap and you strap the uh you strap the switch to your face and it'll be like a vr metaverse you mean metaverse metaverse yes. you mean metaverse yeah just say yeah. metaverse that'll cover all of it yeah right. that'll just fix everybody's problems <laughs> uh this is real important folks january 25th mark zuckerberg shot down rumors of a presidential bid 
<laughs> BuzzFeed asked him about it. BuzzFeed News. No, I'm focused on building our community at Facebook and working on the Chan Zuckerberg initiative. Mm. Rumors of a possible Zuckerberg presidential run have surrounded his plan to visit 30 states asking folks about their lives. Remember this, that, though? Always, it was so this weird that he did that. always mm. reminded me of Facebook just being like, why don't we say that he's <laughs> going to run for president? And then he could say, no, 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 I'm just a man of the people. No, I, but well, what's interesting is the Unless political... you're into that. <laughs> that's all right. I always felt like it was like no 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 I don't want to be president unless you unless you're like cool. yeah unless unless it actually garners a, a lot of positive but re- attention I mean I remember the political climate at that time and everyone was like oh really this is what we like, need it was like that's weird but could be weirder yeah and it was oh, I remember thinking that I, or at Indeed. the time I remember thinking oh that's interesting but I don't think we quite had the irritation level we have right now with Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg that we do today. Not it, yet. No, it was building, no. but it hadn't yeah. reached this level. But it's definitely but it building. Did, did it, did, it did have its first major you know, public uh, uh, stoosh back with, uh, with, the, uh, with, the election, with the campaign leading up to the election in uh, 2016, right? Mm-hmm. There was just all these rumors and hearsay. And no, that's where, that yeah, there, there yeah, was the beginning of what would be The thing was, and problem. this has always been my contention on the Cambridge Analytica stuff, is is that a lot of that was people looking for an explanation and then attaching oh. more to the story than was there. Because I think it's important that what's got noted, in January of 2017, this story didn't get like laughed out and like what a horrible it was like i don't know maybe he will would that be so bad like it was cr- it was a crazy story but if it was done now people would be like what it was, a horrible it was, it was yeah it was being taken seriously yeah. as like yeah. if this were to happen how do we all feel about it, it? now it would be like are you for kidding the, for the like facebook is the one that ruined democracy to really build it did that that didn't right. happen immediately yeah, but it did seem to some people it was like, well, wait, we we just we had an actor in the '80s, we got a guy from reality show now, why not a tech executive? Like it didn't seem crazy. Yeah, it was like I guess that's the next step, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, the the idea that we the people jump to that as oh uh, it, he must be that's we're the problem. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Not just us, but, vote you know. for Scott Johnson for president, and everything that's will right. be fine. Everything yeah. will be fine, you guys. I promise. That's my well, first promise. <laughs> oh, you have a you. daily presidential cartoon. Yeah, it would be, it'd be it'd great. Be great. At first. Yeah. It's, it's what the country needs. <laughs> on on January 5th, uh, Phil Schiller, uh, Paul Senior VP of Worldwide Marketing, uh, was talking to The Verge about milestones that the company made in 2016. Uh, notably, uh, $3 billion in revenue in December of 2016 alone. That was its biggest month ever. But can we guess what was the most downloaded app of the year and the fifth highest grossing app in the App Store in 2016? Pokemon? Yes. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Apple at the time didn't share details of how much of that came from subscriptions, but had a pretty bang up fourth quarter. Chinese market grew 90% year over year. And coincidentally, uh, on Thursday of this <laughs> of this week back in 2017 apple and the new york times announced that the new york times app had been removed from the chinese app store uh almost around christmas in december on request of the government mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know that's they've worked that out since then <laughs> yeah in so many different ways yeah <laughs>
They have. Uh, They've had some time. This one isn't that big of a story, but it reminded me of of, of a thing that, that used to be kind of a competitor, and, and then this killed it. Razer, the, the game hardware maker, uh, acquired Nextbit on January 27th, makers of the Robin smartphone. Um, I don't even uh, remember the Robin the smartphone. The Robin was a, uh, a, a like cloud and an internal storage merger. Uh, it kind of uh, had its own operating uh, system. Uh, it was a sta- it was going to operate as a standalone business under its own management uh, under Razer and and Robin was you know it was a it was a cult classic uh, I guess mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but it had a a passionate uh, following and it just sort of faded away after Razer bought it. Yeah, and then it became the Razer phone. Well, I don't. And, and you can buy one of those today. No, no, oh, no! I didn't say it was successful. <laughs> yeah, but 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 Razer essentially killed it once they once they bought out the next bit, right? And then they tried to fold it into the Razer phone. Or am I totally? I'm sure they built the Razer phone on top of uh, tech that they got from from Nextbit, uh, but I I don't recall all the details on that. I totally forgot about the revival in general. But there we are. Yeah, uh, I mean. Hey, do you guys remember Drip, Kickstarter Drip? Is that the Sort of. So I remember this because we were going to try it. Um, Dave and I were exploring it. Anyway, it was an alternative to Patreon. Patreon had taken Uh, off over the last few years before uh, this. And they were like, hey, we can do that. So they launched Drip. It was a new funding project. uh, Again, uh, based on the company Drip. Kickstarter acquired back in 2016. So they bought them and then, I don't know, did stuff with it. Uh, so it was going to work just like Patreon, really, and others like Steady and Flatter, which I'm not sure those are still around or not. But they ended up canning it pretty quick. I don't remember this lasting very long. I, have I to remember look some up, like, people, I, you were one of them, very enthusiastic about the idea. Uh, and like, man, a Kickstarter, you know, with Kickstarter juice behind them, Patreon might be in trouble. Which, yeah, it made sense, right? It was like, oh, Kickstarter, <laughs> they fund projects. Why wouldn't they fund creators? Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a natural fit. And then I think it went, I think it went away. Let's see. You know, Kickstarter uh, in general at one point was like, do you need crowdfunding? This is what you do. And now, you know, Patreon is obviously a very different business model, more subscription based, but I don't see a lot of Kickstarter projects anymore. I know that they exist. I know that the company exists, but I, you know, I see a lot more GoFundMe really than yeah. Than anything, I, I hear of Kickstarter. I, I I read about projects and then find out they're on Kickstarter. Whereas back yeah. five years ago, you read about Kickstarters, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. a yeah. Kickstarter project. To, yeah. Today, it feels like the Kickstarter aspect of it is a commodity, right? That 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 isn't what's special. It could be on Kickstarter, could be on GoFundMe, could be on Indiegogo, could be on its own thing. Like there, there's. You know that that part of the business has just kind of leveled out. Kickstarter is still really successful, but being on Kickstarter doesn't carry the buzz that it used to. No, but it still is kind of your place, though. Like it's, you know, it's nobody still very vibrant has lots of stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. It feels mm-hmm. like eBay. It's just like your default. Mm. In fact, yeah, and, and I yeah. don't mean to say that a Kickstarter project is nobody cares anymore. It's just you have a lot of other options, and yeah, they're yeah. not all the same way right. to crowdfund a project that you care about. But at one point, it was like it was only Kickstarter. Yeah, you only went to Indiegogo if you were yeah. a little shady. Yeah. Or, or, or the indie. I remember there were a lot of media like I'm doing a film or I'm doing a book or like that was kind of like 
a more creative thing. I By the way, it went up till 2019. October of 2019 is when Drip officially died. So oh, not that long ago. For the record, dripped away. Yeah, dripped yeah. away. Yeah, dripped. It dripped off into no- nothingness. Ah, they called a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any other last minutes that you guys were were holding on before we wrap up here? Uh, I don't. I don't have any more myself. The only the only this is super quick, but just just to give you an idea of what you know was kind of new and cool five years ago, Evleaks had spotted a leaked blog post from Qualcomm on January third, describing a ten nanometer Snapdragon eight thirty five processor, ten with twenty five percent faster graphics, VR optimization, and forty percent less power usage under load. Ooh, even Intel does ten nanometers now. And I I don't mean to read that like I'm disparaging this it's just you know this would be something that if something had these specs now you'd be like mm, all right yeah, yeah. it's not that great <laughs> not that it's isn't isn't you not, know what not, I, not in 2022 no super you know excited I, I, about it i'm constantly amazed at how used to new technology we get where i look at my phone and, and think like man this thing's too slow or doesn't take great pictures when the last, you know, when the, when I remember in high school, I was using a corded phone connected to uh, a thing connected to the kitchen wall. I can play any I games I was on as that. well, yes. That's just playing word games with a friend. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for supporting us. Co-executive producers end up. We very, very much appreciate it. Uh, please spread the word. Let folks know. And join us next week or next week yeah maybe next week probably in a few weeks uh join us in february as we look back at the february 2017 lineups until then everybody please uh enjoy yourselves (laughs) i love that enjoy that life enjoy yourselves love you hi this is janice torres from yo quiero dinero from a local business to a global corporation partnering with bank of america gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter visit bankofamerica.com banking for business to learn more what would you like the power to do bank of america na copyright 2024 ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 